chapter 10, keeping balance in prayer, which would mean it's thinking on something either of God or of the devil, which is, of course, worldly ideas. These worldly thoughts would not be based upon sound teachings nor balanced teachings. But to some degree, right on the other side, there are some things the church just would allow as we walk in love because it's baby Christians acting, and we don't want to discourage baby Christians. And God commands us to be tolerant with babies or weak Christians, like Romans 14, 1-7 tells us. And Christian leadership acting in love would allow babies in some areas to act wrong till they grow out of it, because they don't know any better. But as a practice, that which is promoted from the pulpit, this is a different thing altogether. And if people are set as leaders in a church, are promoting wrong actions, this is not sound faith nor love either. And as to the same point, impatience, intemperance, and any other worldly fruitless quality which says we are not spiritual. And there is also the thought, if God has already pointed out to the church an area which should not be done, then we should take the word and change, if given that truth. Most of the time, just hearing from the pulpit, God's word being shared will bring conviction and we will start to change. And from time to time, as the pulpit gives us messages or reminds us, it will be a good point that they are reminding us. But Christians should not act like the dark areas of the world, nor have actions of non-biblical ways. For example, if the church is dancing in worship like the world dances, we would not be sound. If the world is clapping at songs being sung by performance and, and we do this, this would not be sound. If because the world's Olympics use twirling banners, we do it during praise and worship, we would not be sound or balanced. And that is because these actions would be because there is not a Bible practice based upon Scripture. I have seen in my 40 years of walking with God the flesh rise up and be put down by truth time and time again. God has over the years been keeping balance in his church, first by restoring the word of God, then by emphasizing aspects in their due season, but love as a soundness producing quality will not demand its own way. Love, God's love, will promote and exhort to keep the ways of God's written word. It was my great privilege to be in Oklahoma in 1987 to 1989, and uh, in this time period, God brought forth revelation for the church to adjust us for our growth so that we would be balanced or sound. I was there and many other very big-name ministers, which also many of them you would know if their names were mentioned. And God's humble servant, Brother Hagin, spoke forth and said he was fearful of what he was going to share. It was to me, a very simple truth, though. The church needed to hear, the very simple truth that the church needed to hear, that the church could have a greater flow of the Holy Spirit among us. One simple thing he taught was clapping or applauding for God, as the world does, for showing approval was not scriptural praise and worship. Oh, you could have heard a pin hit the floor on that day. And such flesh and anger which it produced, because church, church people, were so used to doing what the world did to show approval or acceptance. We all in the end or the height of the charismatic movement just clapped all the time. But Brother Hagin slowly and accurately just proved by God's word what Jesus had told him in a vision. But still over 20 years after those meetings, when at a scriptural juncture in the church's time of growth, God showed the church a more excellent way. Today, people still do not act in faith in this area. 
People, even church believers, are just used to doing what the world does to show approval and satisfaction, which they think is praise. I believe there is always going to be people who have not heard the truth and need to be adjusted by the truth. But to have heard and refused to adjust, well, I would just think you really don't want God to move in your midst. It's God's word, and it really is all about God anyway. People need to stay balanced. To be balanced in prayer, you would first need to know about kinds of prayer. And we have shared much about types or aspects of prayer. But being sound or balanced, which will produce soundness, and love is one of those qualities, which produces balance in our lives. To stay balanced in prayer, it would also require us not to place any unscriptural emphasis on a kind of prayer which God's words does not emphasize. When the prayer of intercession has seven verses in the New Testament, and compared to the prayer of thanksgiving, which has way over 269 verses, balanced or soundness will not emphasize intercession over thanksgiving. Many of us may be too young in, in the Lord to remember the warring in tongues movement in the 80s and the 90s. The movement was all about you need to fight the devil by screaming in tongues. Again, no balance, because there's no scriptures in the New Testament. Faith requires truth from verses in God's written word to be acted upon, and rightly divided truth to be sound. And to really be an act of faith, faith requires balance. Faith requires balance. To be really sound and to be acted upon, faith balances us, because faith is word-based. There is a thought in the word of God I would like to introduce in a sense. The grammatical statements which affect truth. I heard a minister one time say, we need to pay attention to the perfect tense statements in the New Testament. For example, you have been redeemed, or you have been delivered, as Galatians 3.13 or Colossians 1.13 tells us. Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Colossians 1.13, who has delivered us? from the power of darkness, and has translated us into the kingdom of his beloved Son. These verses express in the English language the thought of a perfect tense. It has been done or accomplished with the fourth producing effects. In verses like these in the New Testament, we should hear these truths being stated as we are not trying to get redeemed or delivered, but that we are in a state of redemption and also deliverance. And of course, we stand to enforce this in Jesus in our lives. In the same way that grammar affects the results or understanding of these verses, there is grammar which affects the area of prayer in God's word too. Balance and soundness is also accuracy in a sense. Look at Ephesians 1, 16 through 18 and Mark 11, 24. Ephesians 1, 16 through 19. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your heart being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believed according to the working of his mighty power. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that receive, really received them, and you shall have them. These New Testament verses are a very good example of how grammar could affect understanding God's word. In this case, it is the understanding of prayer. Did you see in Ephesians 1.17 this phrase, may give to you? 
In prayer here in this verse, there is a certain thought which we all need to see and understand. Generally speaking, prayer has two main parts, the asking part and the result part or the answer part. We ask in prayer so that it will happen or we will receive or we receive it done. In Mark's gospel, in reference to this grammar and tenses of the 24th verse are clear. And I mentioned it before. Believe is present tense. Received is past tense. And shall have is future tense. Grammar then does affect our understanding about prayer. To get an answer in prayer, prayer being taught in Mark 11:24, which is the prayer of faith. For example, if physical healing was what your body needed, first, you would have to presently have faith, or you would have to have a belief right now that God's healing power is for you. And that belief would have to reside inside of your spirit, in your heart. From a grammar sense, to emphasize grammar effects, that is what is being seen in the present tense statements of the verb believe. And our present tense in English is as close to eternity as any person can get in this life. Eternity is always right now, forever. Second, when you actually pray, or as we say, release your prayer to God for healing, you would have to really believe you received it, spiritually speaking, inside of you. And from a grammar sense, again, it is being seen by the past tense of the word received. And while you stand thanking God into the future time, between actually physically having it in your body and spiritually having it inside of your spirit man, you keep on thanking God that you believe you received healing into the future. And again, it is seen by the idea shall have, which states a future tense. These grammar statements are very important to see and understand and also to be sound in prayer. Notice these three sets of verses in Matthew, Philippians, and Ephesians, for example. Matthew 28, 18-20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority is given to me in heaven and upon earth. Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to the end of the world. Amen. Philippians 2, 9-11. Therefore God has also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth. And every tongue should confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Ephesians 1, 19-21. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him in his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. In relationship to the authority of God, and this would include Jesus' name, which was conferred upon the church believer, as James 2.7 tells us, there is a sphere of authority which every Christian individually has. We have spoken about the power of choice. God created humans like himself with the power to choose. Authority is really a functional right. And you could say the right to say or command some type of power to do something. But this right to act or this given authority in Jesus' name only has authority or right to function in an area of God's power over, first of all, over what or those who Jesus has defeated. Jesus did not overcome the power or authority of human choice. We have looked at this before. 
In Ephesians 1.21, it is stated what Jesus' authority is over. You could see it's the devil's kingdom and the kingdom of death. And this is what God overcame when he raised up Jesus out from the dead or, the, or from death and seated him high above it and those in that kingdom. If you noticed Philippians 2.20, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. If we would look at the grammar of this Greek word translated should bow, you could see this word kompthe, which is the third person singular aorist active subjunctive verb from the Greek word kompto, to bow. With this Greek word, it would sound like this, he might bow, but it would not definitely mean he shall bow or will bow. Subjunctive verbs in the Greek language express conditional possibility, and that meaning a fact as being possible, being what may or may not be done or occur under some condition or conditions. And many times, the conjunction if could be placed with it to show this force more strongly. But where this Greek subjunctive verb grammar stands, the Christian needs to pay attention and especially when it comes to one of the two basic meanings of prayer, the answer.